This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Oh, it's time, that national championship game. And boy, everybody had this one. Georgia and TCU. And how about this, huh? TCU pulls off the upset. And, you know, we I would always think that that Rose Bowl championship team was probably their best. And how how often did we talk about Gary Patterson being, I mean, what is this program going to do whenever he leaves? In the first year he leaves, they're playing for the national championship. Of course, history tells us that that they were not, they did not have quite the political pull to go from the Southwest Conference to the Big 12. They had to go to the Mountain West and the WAC and some others. Uh, and then they resurfaced in the new Big 12. And so... Here we go, and uh, we're all set. Uh, Matt Humans is not with us today, but we do have to give him credit. He had both the dogs uh, last week uh, as they uh, covered, and not not only did uh, they covered easily, Georgia could have easily gone down uh, as well. Paul, I'll, I'll start with you, but, um, I mean, you're in Texas. How surprised are you in first year after Gary Patterson they accomplished this? You know, I, I'm I'm tremendously surprised. I'm not going to sit here and say that I saw it coming. I mean, this is a TCU team that in the 10-team Big 12, uh, they were a consensus uh, number seven pick in the preseason media poll, and some even had them eighth. Uh, you know, they weren't very good defensively last year. Uh, they lose Mathis. He transfers to, uh, to Nebraska. Uh, they lose uh, Kari Coleman. He also transfers out. Those are probably their two – best defensive players off a defense that wasn't all that great. Max Dutton, you know, this year we we all can say that he finished second in the Heisman Trophy uh, balloting. We know that today, but he didn't even start this season against Colorado in their opener uh, as as the Frogs starting quarterback. You know, that distinction went to Chandler Morris, uh, the son of uh, former uh, head coach uh, there at Arkansas, Chad Morris. So, Duggan, you you start the season with with, uh, a guy who's – on the bench, and he's eventually going to lead a team, pick seventh in the conference to the national championship game. It's been a, a storybook ride for the, the Horn Frogs. Um, so I didn't expect it. Uh, I don't think many people, if they're honest uh, about it, you know, expected it either. But this is the beautiful part of college football, to have these kind of stories. Uh, this is a true David versus Goliath matchup. You know, Georgia right now, I think it's fair to say, is the uh, – you know, they're the, they're the program in college football. Not only are they the, the defending national champion, but they're winning the recruiting wars uh, each year now. And, and they're the, you know, they're the standard. And, and TCU's uh, got a shot to, to win it all. And, and that's all they can hope for. So it's going to be a great, uh, 
a great matchup on Monday night. You know, Paul, uh, they have done a good job until uh, Nick Saban got his uh, boosters to open up their checkbook. So I'm just waiting for that uh, next soundbite from Kirby Smart. Said, so, wait a minute. I mean, they bought every every recruit they got in Tuscaloosa. So I'm waiting for that one to uh, stir up as well. Bruce, you're a wonderful uh, college football or sports historian, period. Uh, when we were doing the preseason, uh, the, the, the the preview for Big 12, TCU's win total was seven under minus 167. Under minus 167. Here's some of my notes. Did Patterson get stale? Uh, after 21 years, Sonny Dykes t- takes over, maybe a change in culture and also style of play, which is usually a, a transition period. And then uh, Duggan and Morris will start, but they will have some weapons. The defense, not what it used to be. That's some of my notes from the uh, the, the Big 12 preview that we did here on the Bet Rivers Network. Well, it, it's good stuff. And by the way, I, I'm so happy still that Tulane won. I'll tell you how happy I am. Jenny. Yes. I went out and bought myself some shoes with tassels the other day. And, <laughs> and I bought a cardigan, you know, and I said, I want to. And my wife said, what are you doing buying that stuff? And I said, I want to look like they do at Tulane, the guys walking around <laughs> campus there. So Yeah, Mac Brown, Mac Brown went from tassel loafers to cowboy boots when he went from <laughs> Tulane to Texas. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, you know, TCU, I, I will tell you, um, you know, and and Paul's you know said it said it all there you know they he was using three quarterbacks I mean the, the freshman Jackson that first game too at Colorado and you're right Morris uh, started uh, that game Duggan didn't come in until later then you know Morris was hurt and Duggan ended up becoming the guy uh, uh, rather quickly Sonny uh, Sonny didn't win that big at SMU I mean he did good there uh, but nothing like this and and uh, nothing like this at Cal nothing like this at La Tech I mean he's been it's a good it looked like a good solid regional hire we know his dad was a legendary coach in Texas high school coach and of course at Texas Tech all those years and, and a, a Dykes name for a Texas school and Paul can tell you this that that means something but to get where TCU got man I mean this is really something I when I watched that first Colorado game one I didn't know Colorado was that bad right at the start um, but uh, TCU looked like a track team out there. I mean, they were really fast, and all that speed they had all over the field. So you thought something was going on there, and we liked them early. But uh, in a league like the Big 12, this is what impressed me most the whole year, and, and I'm sure it did to Paul as well. That league cannibalized itself. Everybody was beating everybody else except TCU. They stayed above the fray all regular season. So that was kind of impressive. It just kept building up and building up, uh, and is quite a story. Yes, indeed. Um, getting to the uh, Paul, what it surprised you about the semifinals the most? The in uh, there's there's no doubt the entertainment value and the closest of uh, of those games was the best. Where we seen not only the favorites win but win big. Favorites going into Saturday were ten and six ATS, so that's ten and eight. But some, the ten and six, but the ten were they weren't even. Rarely competitive. So then we see uh, maybe a lesser historian, you know, history rich, maybe lesser, um, I guess, resource program. Get in here and be not be competitive, but win it. What what surprised you about Michigan TCU and Georgia Ohio State the most, Paul? Well, starting with Michigan and, and TCU, I'm surprised as good as TCU's offense was for most of the year. I really thought – I didn't think they were going to score 51 points. I don't think anybody did, but I didn't think they were going to be that that effective offensively. And I watched this team all year. But, I mean, you go back to – and Texas had a good defense. You know, I know Texas has uh, uh, fell short of expectations, and, and they're a pretty easy target to knock. 
But how many yards did TCU have against Texas and Austin? I mean, that was obviously a defensive game that kind of slanted that way early. But I don't, I don't think they had 300 yards. They, they maybe didn't even have 250. So, you know, I thought Michigan was a – I know they don't play, um, you know, prolific type offenses outside of Ohio State in that conference in the Big Ten. But I, I really thought the Wolverines would, uh, you know, be able to, uh, to limit that TCU offense somewhat. I've heard some people talk about this TCU team uh, and say one thing that they don't have is a number two receiver behind Quentin Johnston, uh, who is a probable first-round pick in the upcoming draft in April. But I'll tell you, Tay Barber uh, and, and Darius Davis, who's from, from Louisiana, there where you're based, those guys are not bad receivers. I mean, they're, they're not Ohio State's second and third receivers, but it's not like TCU doesn't have some, some weapons there uh, behind Johnston. So what surprised me most, again, was uh, TCU's ability to, to rack up yardage and points against Michigan in the, the Georgia-Ohio State game. Um, you know, I don't know that it was too much of a surprise. I really thought Georgia would uh, would beat them, and I don't think they really deserve to win. Uh, I had a ticket on Georgia, which obviously uh, is one I can crumple up and toss in the, in the wastebasket, but Ohio State deserved to win that game. Uh, Ohio State, as many uh, sharp betters uh, coming in late, uh, rebounded from that poor performance against uh, Michigan and came with their A game and brought the kitchen sink and uh, – Probably deserved to uh, to win, but now Georgia has second life. And, and Kirby's first comments out of the gate uh, within seconds of the victory, you know, obviously on national media is Stetson Bennett didn't play very good. He didn't do what we asked him to do. He played outside <laughs> the system. If he doesn't play better, if we don't play better, we don't have a chance in our next game. So he, he was setting the table. He was letting this team know that, uh, you know, hey, we got we to gotta get to work. We've got a game in, in nine days and we have to be better. Well, Stetson Bennett was certainly very clutch on that uh, game-winning uh, touchdown drive, uh, and no he, and I've said this before, and I, you know, he's a gunslinger. He's a walk-on, two-time uh, walk-on, but I mean, he is, he is, he'll take chances, and sometimes he is this close. That like Kentucky game, this close to a pick-six that really would have put them in a in a in a in a in a, in a game in a ball game. Um, the, the 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 game you referenced in Austin TCU seventeen ten winner two eighty three for TCU in total yards one ninety nine for Texas that day including Bijan Robinson twenty nine yards rushing with TCU I held them into that one hey um uh Bruce but early in the, the Michigan breaks a big run. They're down there near the goal line. Okay, this is where Michigan's powerful running game is supposed to just bulldoze over this three-three-five TCU defense, um, like what they did against Penn State. I mean, just ran right over them against uh, Ohio State late. And they went to gimmicks. And then it seemed like short yardage in this game, even though they had, you know, it was an offensive game for both teams, I thought the short yardage uh, opportunities were easier for TCU than they were for Michigan, and Michigan going to gimmicks right out the shoot instead of what has made Harbaugh's whole program back to you know back to success is he's a line of scrimmage team. 
and he's going gimmicks down there with the Philly special and stuff like that early. Yeah, the se- the way that sequence there, I thought that really, it, it just went against Michigan there. And you're right, it was a little bit too gimmicky. And I, th- I think Michigan thought they scored a touchdown on that long pass, too. Uh, and and that's they probably feel, did. I think they might have, yeah. And and but you're right, the gimmicks, uh, you know, weren't there. But the big plays just kept happening over and over and over. And I thought for a while, okay, this changes the game. But there was a lot of the game to be played after that. I think you know more so. TCU's defense though kept coming up with big play after big play, even beyond that. A couple of those pick sixes. Um, what they, I mean, McCarthy was not a quarterback who made many mistakes this year, and they were able to make these big plays against them. And you could see Michigan just sort of back on its heels there. Um, and this big play capability for TCU, both offensively and defensively, um, it uh, that that's there were so many turning points I thought in that game, but every big moment seemed to go TCU's way, where they would extend that lead a little bit more and make it harder for Michigan to come back. Michigan made a run late. But, um, you know, big plays. And this is what TCU's built for. We, you know, Duggan, we'll get to talking about him. He's had more big play plays over 50 yards than any quarterback in the country. Look what that defense has done. They've won in different ways, too. So, uh, but, yes, I was surprised Michigan did get a little too gimmicky there. And if Jim Harbaugh had to do it over again, uh, he'd do it different. Uh, I'll tell you what, both, both of these quarterbacks, although, you know, forget about their, you know, the – uh, I guess the measurables for the pro scouts and things like that. These guys are winners. They're gritty. They're they're gritty. They are just fine uh, in the clutch. And you know, uh, Bennett had to do it last year uh, after throwing the uh, you know the interception uh, against Alabama. Had to come up with the uh, the big plays in that one as well. This is the ninth year of the fourteen playoff in college football. So we'll, next year we'll have ten, and then we'll move on to twelve. You guys tell me if I'm wrong, but I've always maintained that's like. You can't have 15 guys, a record 15 guys drafted and not and have the same team. I think Georgia still has the best team, but I think of the nine years of this playoff, the four teams involved have never been tighter. And I think Georgia's still the best, but we saw Ohio State. I mean, they probably should have won the game. Michigan's right there, and and. I just think this lends itself to even maybe a closer game. But as far as the four teams, we've seen some laughable semifinals and even some some finals as well. You guys agree with that, Paul? Yeah, I mean, starting with me, absolutely. Uh, you know, Georgia, they've got a good defense this year, but uh, it's become abundantly clear, you know, these last two games um, against LSU and then um, on Saturday against Ohio State that they're just not as good in the back four. They're not as good in the back of their defense. They've given up 850 total passing yards their last two games uh, against those opponents, an average of 10 yards per attempt. And I don't think these these teams this year would have done that to last year's Georgia defense. So I think it has narrowed, uh, and not to get into a different argument because it's it's been said and done, and, and I think they made the right choice, but the best team – in college football might be uh, on the outside looking in. So you could even go five deep with these teams being very, very close. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the parity is there. Everybody has warts. Everybody has blemishes. And, uh, you know, this four-team uh, configuration, they could have played uh, each other multiple times, and we could have had a lot of different outcomes probably. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, Bruce, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree too. And and uh, But, you know, most years these things – not as much last year because we, we, we thought Cincinnati was – 
might be in a little over its head against Alabama and uh, you know Georgia. It, it didn't shock people. I think that they took Michigan out last year, but most years, I mean, before that, um, the, the semifinal rounds look like they might be kind of competitive, and it's just sort of um, you know part and parcel of playoff football. We talked about this last week. These games. And it happens in the NFL, and the, uh, oftentimes too, they end up being one-sided. Um, uh, but I, I, I think you know what we do a lot. Um, we comp- we end up comparing championship teams the year before and, and thinking they're not as great. Maybe they're not as great as as last. I mean, Georgia's a great example this year. In one sense, that doesn't matter. You're not playing against last year's team, uh, so each year is its own. But where it does matter a little bit is I think the perception of it, and we'll get to this in a second, uh, about uh, Georgia. Are they still handicapping this team and they still putting spreads on this team sort of like it was last year's team? And uh, I think that's maybe where we're at with uh, Georgia right now, that this this current edition, like you say, Jimmy, it's not last year's team. It doesn't really matter in the scope of comparing teams, except when you get into what we're doing. You're trying to pick and looking at point spreads, and they are still adjusting numbers based upon a perception that maybe isn't there. Uh, so I think that's where it's important. And I think you're right. I mean, this is a, you know, we saw it in the semifinal round. I mean, we hadn't seen two semifinals that close. These things had usually been pretty one sided in recent years, but it, it is very it, much up for grabs. Hey, Paul, what Bruce is talking about, uh, you know, I mean, they got really. Uh, you know, some sports books, uh, specifically, uh, you know, Circa out in Las Vegas, they got, they had a bloodbath, you know, for the uh, late semifinal. I mean, no, nobody bet Georgia. So, they I mean, they kept pounding all the way down to four. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they, you know, a lot of the betting public uh, feel, feels the same way that the, you know, these lines are better. All lines are be- be- based on, you know, perception, branding. You know, recent recency. I mean, and so um, I've been saying it for a while, but they just and we did this for the SEC preview too. Bruce said, "Okay, this is eleven, but where are they going to lose in this?" I mean, Florida, Florida's. I mean, and down. I mean, Tennessee was was better. I mean, Oregon was. I mean, it, it was just where the loss is going to come for. And then here's Missouri. All of a sudden, got them on the ropes. Kent State's got them uh, down. You know, it was just. It was a different deal, and I think early when they caught South Carolina, I would have liked to see them play South Carolina later in the season when Rattler kind of got his feet uh, under him a little bit. But, Paul, we saw the uh, the Ohio State, heavy Ohio State action to move that number, a high-profile standalone semifinal like that. That's a significant movement. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, the books know this. When they have these standalone games, you know, they, uh, they, they stand a, uh, you know, at least a, a much greater possibility, obviously, than when they have a, a full slate of games of getting one-sided. And it was clear uh, that uh, everybody was taking Ohio State and, and they turned out to be uh, correct. And, and, you know, I think Bruce has a good point there. You know, I think it's hard to, uh, to let old habits die. And, and Georgia's, you know, they won the national championship last year with that dominating defense and that well-rounded team. <clears throat> and they're, Clearly, although they're a great football team, they're they're not as good as they were last year. So maybe there is a little bit of a premium, uh, if you will, that betters are uh, paying when they take the the Bulldogs in these uh, high-profile games. All right, so the number is a 12 and 62 and a half. And um, so uh, TCU, uh, the – you know, I kept waiting the, the way they were winning games. I didn't think it was sustainable. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, all it takes, well, 
Uh, maybe if next week's opponent, their, their top two quarterbacks will get hurt during the game. Well, how how sustainable is that? Uh, some others, and they lose. And it wasn't, um, not only did they lose, they were on the ropes for kind of losing kind of big. And then that committee would have had a more interesting decision because they, they rallied, get in overtime. I think the kid Knowles for Kansas State, when his injury in the Big 12 championship game kind of kept it from getting out of hand. They were, they were rolling, especially him. He was having a great day. So it's 12 uh, and 62 and a half, Paul. Well, with all that being said, can TCU uh, hang with uh, Georgia in this game? You know, maybe I just never learn, but, uh, you know, <laughs> this is a, a TCU team, first of all, again, just to reiterate, they, they've been such a great story. Uh, you know, they make the playoff, as you indicated, despite losing uh, the Big 12 title game to – to uh, Kansas State, and then they pull off one of the programs, perhaps their uh, most historic victory of all time in the football program, defeating Michigan 51-45. But I think, you know, maybe the clock has perhaps struck midnight for the the Horned Frogs. Again, you know, immediately after the the, uh, victory over Ohio State, Kirby Smart uh, immediately uh, starts uh, preaching the narrative that he's probably going to preach for nine days leading up to the – to the game that, hey, we have to be better. Um, he, he wasn't really in a uh, celebration mode, it didn't seem like, although his players were. And, and I think they're going to, you know, that wasn't their their A performance. I don't even think it was an A-minus performance by Georgia. I think the same, even though Stetson Bennett rallied late, and as he's so often done during his uh, incredible career, he came through when he needed to. I think he's going to play better. I think he's going to be on his A game. Uh, and I think maybe, again, the, stru- the clock struck midnight for uh, TCU. So I'm going to pick uh, Georgia to win this game by a couple of touchdowns. And if you want me to, I can wait or I can go into the my opinion on the total as well. Uh, Bruce, what do you feel about the side first uh, with the with the 12 here? It's It opened up 13 and a half and 14. So, again, they feel like the, the, the early betting public, it feels like it's a little too high for Georgia again. Well, Paul might be right, and I'll say this about Kirby, and we've seen him at SEC Media Days before, Jimmy. Um, You ask him, you say, Kirby, the sky is blue, and he'll say, well, you know, sometime in the day it looks a little purple, and then when the sun goes down, it's kind of red. He's just That's just the way he's going to be. He's always going to be talking like that. But, uh, Paul, we we went back and forth on this, and, and part of it was what we mentioned earlier because these things and these championship games end up being one-sided. And I got caught in that last week because the the semifinal games have been that way too. But it's worth noting, I mean, the last five years, the closest margin they had in the championship game was that 15 points last year, Georgia and Alabama. So there is precedent for these things to turn one-sided. And you just don't know how the matchups up front are going to go. See, I would maintain some of those games during the year, like the South Carolina game, Georgia just so controlled the line of scrimmage both ways there. I mean, and the Oregon game was like that. Missouri game wasn't. For whatever reason, Missouri was able to hang in there with them. Uh, Kentucky was hanging around with them. So um, we'll see how that works out. But seeing TCU hang in there the way it did last week, I kind of like the fact that this team has fought back. And its fourth quarter numbers this year were really outstanding. That's This speaks to a resolve they have. I think part of you know it's what Sonny's done. Duggan, I think, is, is a tremendous leader for this team. But I think... My gut feel, and I've been caught with this before, so I'm going different from last week. I think this number is too high. I think, from what I said before, 
is what's happening here. That that the the, um, the perception of Georgia is what it is. They've put this number based mostly on perception. They have bet it down a little bit from from the start, uh, and they're betting TCU a little bit. And I just don't think this Georgia team is what it was and is not going to be able to dominate here. And I, and I like what TCU can do. Uh, what Joe Gillespie has done with that, that defense at three, three, five. Now Georgia saw a variation of that against Mississippi state and fared pretty well against Mississippi state. But this, this is a little bit different. They tweak it a little bit differently and they flood the second on passing downs. This is what Michigan ran into trouble last week. And the big plays can happen. It's a tough defense to throw against. And, and we'll see how Bennett, if he can avoid mistakes, but I think there's a lot of ways for TCU to hang in this game. So I'm actually leaning to the Frogs uh, plus the points here. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I had a, a, a tremendous, uh, you know, just under 70% for the bowl season. And I lost two semifinals. And I'm a dog player generally. And maybe I've got my hand slapped you know, laying those points last week. But I just think this is, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to forget the brands, forget the path, forget the fortune. And even Bruce, to you say, you say a little bit of fortune, and TCU has had some good fortune along the way. You cannot deny that, all right, um, and some some crazy comfort behind wins. But they also went and played you, – you would think, well, part of their luck was maybe they played Texas without Bijan Robinson. No, they just shut him down. And here is a line of scrimmage team that Jim Harbaugh goes back to his roots, and sometimes they struggled to get him, and sometimes they just shied away from going there. Still had 500 yards. I get it. But – I just – and you talk about their fourth quarter. That's got – even if they're down 14-17, that's got backdoor cover written all over it that a team's not going to quit, you know, especially with their quarterback uh, in Duggan. So I'm leaning toward the points uh, as well. So we're, we're outnumbered Paul Stone here. Paul Stone is – you know, he's, he's, he's going against – he's fading the Texas team, and we're back in the Texas team. So you figure it out uh, on that one. Paul, you got an opinion – uh, on the total, I mean, the way these things are going, huh? You're looking over with this fading Georgia defense and these the, the style of play for both the semifinals maybe? Or you think it's a little bit inflated because uh, they're bumping it up a little bit? You know, I really thought it was going to be just a little bit higher, the total. Uh, you know, it's no secret, you know, college football uh, has become an offensive game. You know, the old adage that uh, – you know, offense sells tickets and defense wins championships. Uh, that's outdated. You know, that's not what uh, what we have anymore. You know, the most talented athletes gravitate to offense at a younger age. Uh, the game is less physical, so sound tackling is kind of a thing of the past, kind of a lost art. We have seven-on-seven seven passing, uh, you know, teams that, uh, you know, play in the offseason and, and hone the skills of the quarterbacks and the receivers, which are the – the primary players, the high-profile players these days. Uh, and then certainly not the least of all this, the uh, the rules so heavily favor the offense. You know, it makes it nearly impossible to play defense if you're on that side of the ball. Uh, so everything seems to be uh, offensive these days, and obviously the teams that meet in the national championship game are going to be very prolific offensively. And as we said earlier, Georgia's got another great defense, but it's not 2021 Georgia great. Uh, that back four, again, as I talked about earlier, vulnerable. Again, the Bulldogs have given up 850 passing yards their last two games uh, to LSU and Ohio State, 10 yards an attempt. TCU has a 1,000-yard receiver who's one of the very best in college football, and Quentin Johnston. Uh, and, again, Barber and Davis are, are good uh, 
second and third options as well. And as I said earlier, I think Stetson Bennett comes through with a, a big performance. I think he uh, rebounds from, uh, you know, what in, in totality was a uh, subpar showing. And I like even a, a little bit more uh, than the side selection on Georgia. I like this game to go over 62 and a half. And you also okay. have the, uh, you know, it's a, it's a slim possibility, but it's still a small part of the handicap, the possibility of overtime. So over 62 and a half in the national championship game. Bruce? I'm with Paul. I think that I think they got this a little bit too low, and I think the you know the patterns uh, sort of set last week. I mean they they not only went through last week, they crashed through. So I think that's a little too low. We had it at 71 our score in the gold sheet, so we we, we did go over. And one other note, Paul Paul is very true uh, what he said about the way the game is evolved. That's why I think the most fascinating game of this bowl season was Iowa Kentucky because that, that game was not – that was your throwback game. I actually enjoyed watching that more than some of these other ping-pong matches, I'll tell you. Oh, I, I had I had uh, under in that when I'm I like, really, two yeah. pick sixes. I mean, this is how we're going to do this thing. I mean, but uh, th- there's no doubt. Paul, I'll tell you what Bruce would – I mean, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Huh? I mean, Iowa, Kentucky, that poor – I even tweeted out that day while I'm watching Bryce Young, and I forget the quarterback for Kentucky's name, but I'd seen him in action already against South Carolina, and I was like, this is not going to be good. You could say one thing about Will Levis. He might be overrated, overprojected, whatever. Ever, but if it has anything with how much he's missed when he's gone, that helps him out a little bit because he was terrible. Yeah, yeah. The, the this is TCU. TCU is big play uh, potential on offense, and they also give up explosive plays. Um, so it's kind of the way college football is is evolved. And I mean, those were those were two shootouts uh, on Saturday. I mean, really. Uh, uh, un- un- unbelievable. And then we're watching games like, you know, USC and Tulane, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, you saw a team lose that didn't punt in USC uh, in that game. So, and uh, for Willie Fritz, he's getting a lot of, but a lot of uh, bouquets thrown his way. But if he goes back and wait a minute, I punted twice and fourth and two and fourth and three in this game. What was I thinking? So, you know, there's a, a lot of, a lot of ways uh, to go. And I've never seen a game uh, open up to a one-score game on a safety in the last uh, couple of minutes. That was uh, Boise State and Oklahoma all over again, and then not so much. I don't know if uh, Tulane's set for sustained success like Boise State was uh, back then when they broke through. So uh, both uh, uh, both Paul and uh, Bruce have over 62-and-a-half. Paul has the Georgia Bulldogs minus 12. Bruce has plus 12. I'm on the plus 12 aside as well good luck guys thank you so much thank you great college football season and you know one thing you touched on too you know not just bruce you talked about uh, Tulane, but how many double digit dogs won outright in football season this year you know in the college football way more than usual i mean competitive balance in a sport that with the nils was just supposed to separate the haves and have-nots uh, Paul, I, I, it's been refreshing to have, uh, you know, these these big-time upsets and not just the scares. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's what makes college football great. You know, again, the, the, the smaller schools, the team with fewer resources, supposedly having an opportunity to win. And I think we all uh, feared, um, you know, last July when NIL became a reality that uh, the, the gulf would grow uh, greater between the haves and the have-nots, but but so far that hadn't been the case. I, I still think they have to 
it's going to be a, a monster to reel it in, but they've got to get this thing under control. Uh, you know, it's been compared to the wild, wild west, and it's just there, there don't seem to be any parameters. And hopefully they can set some standards and level the playing field a little bit so at least everybody knows the rules uh, and what's allowable and what's not. But it has been a refreshing college football season, and despite uh, – uh, you know, as much as the, the sport changes, it remains the same. You know, it's still the greatest sport on earth, in my opinion, and it's been a great one. It's, yeah, and we were worried about competitive balance and, you know, not having and, – and listen, USC uh, could have gotten in. The the Pac-12 could have gotten in. TCU does get in. Not only do they get in, but they make a show. And this is the year after Cincinnati was way more competitive and representative than a lot of other big-name schools, uh, you know, from um, big conferences. And even though uh, TCU is in the Big 12 – I mean, they're still a Cinderella in Tulane. And so it's good to have those and, and include those in that 12-team playoff uh, as well, Bruce. And I know that, you know, you, 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 uh, this is refreshing to you as well. It is. And, about it, you know, what, what Paul said is right. It's still football, you know, and nail money. You know, Caleb Williams wants to spend money to put a ear, couple earrings in each year and polish his nails. Okay, fine. Hollywood, you could do that. This is still football, you know. and uh, But you're right. You saw – throughout this you know the season i mean a lot of these i mean upsets how the you know the sun belt rose up like that you saw some of the 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 upsets they had there so i think it's refreshing though and uh you know and and i hope this is a trend that continues because i would hate to see it the the gulf get wider i'm afraid it it eventually might but uh, this year was certainly kind of refreshing no doubt about it. All right, for Bruce Marshall, for Paul Stone, it's been a great college football season here on Sports Better's Paradise. I'm Jimmy Ott for the Sports Better's Paradise. Thanks for all of you uh, tuning in all season long. This is the Bet Rivers Network.